Zootopia is a Disney animated film released in 2016. It's set in the CGI world of anthropomorphic animals. In the movie, Bunny Judy Hopps joins the Zootopia Police Department and uncovers a huge conspiracy with the help of a shady red fox voiced by Jason Bateman, Nick Wilde. Nick and Judy are not significant in the follow-up show that was released November 9th. It contains six five to seven minute shorts that were tangentially related to the original movie, but they're independent stories. Think I Am Groot, that Disney series that came out earlier this year for Marvel, but instead of being focused on a main character, this is on minor characters in the movie, and we do get split seconds where we see where it was connected into the actual scope of the film. And we have our summaries for each episode, our thoughts as well as our ratings. Mm -hmm. The name of the episodes, Hop On Board, that's episode one. Episode two is The Real Rodents of Little Rodentia. No, episode three is The Godfather of the Bride. Episode four, Duke the Musical. Episode five, So You Think You Can Prance. And episode six, Dinner Rush. Mm -hmm. Each episode starts with Mickey whistling that 1928 first cartoon that was synchronized to sound that's called Steamboat Willie. But Hop On Board began sort of like I expected it to. It made a connection right off the bat to the movies, yep. the beginning of the movies. Um, it's the most world-building episode out of the uh, six that we go through here. Judy Hopps, the main character of the movie, we get a little recap of when she's leaving. And uh, her mom and dad are named Bonnie and Stu. They're from the borough. And uh, she's about to jump on a train and then go into the city to join the police department. But guess what? Now we get to follow the parents' storyline because one of her siblings, Molly, because they have a ton, because they're rabbits, so obviously she has a lot of siblings, That she stows away. Molly stows away on the train. And this becomes unstoppable, the movie. I think we should mention that every single episode has their own genre as well. Like, this one was definitely the most, I felt like, kid-friendly because it was, like, action-adventurous. No, no, this was not the most kid-friendly. The most kid-friendly was So You Think You Can Prance. And that okay, one was we'll, so childish. Whoa, 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 we'll get to that one in a second. But with this one, it definitely had, I felt like, the imagination that most kids have. Like, I mean, you have just this car, like, jumping and, like, gliding through the air. It and reminded them me the most of, like, those, like, Nickelodeon 15-minute shorts that you get or 10-minute shorts that you get with the old like Spongebob's or um, what was it fairly odd parents yeah. and stuff because the adventure that goes on is so that's why I call it world building because we get to see so much of the entire Zootopia mm -hmm. it's the parts that we've never seen before like every temperate climate that was one of my pros for the episode but Bonnie and Stu Bonnie hotwires basically Toe Mater from um, the Cars series. <laughs> and they jump on in that, and they're just following the train Harry Potter style mm -hmm. from the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they're keeping good pace with it. Like, until, um, what is it, Stu jumps on the train and then falls off, and he's saved. It's really about Bonnie and Stu's, like, the rock that their relationship is, because uh, no matter what they're going through to save their daughter, they seem to be completely in love with each other, despite being married for however long. Throughout all the episodes, like, it always seems like the episodes kind of took a turn. This one felt like the most one track. It was basically them just having to try and get their daughter back, and at the end of the sketch, they're able to. Well, the crazy thing is how quickly that uh, Judy is able to get to Zootopia City, like, the main city. Like, I didn't realize how quick that train ride would be. Why didn't they just drive her? <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like this th planet is very big at all. You know, it's it funny. In yeah. the movie, we actually get, like, a quick flash of that train scene. Yeah. So it's like, with it, with what you're saying, we really just, like, kind of cut two minutes away, even though in the movie it's kind of used yeah. as a montage of transition You would think time. that it was, like, hours upon hours, <laughs> like a normal train ride. But no, not in Zootopia. Anyways, they end up saving their daughter as everybody knew they would molly is about to fall into the train um uh, platform and her father saves her and then the mom saves both of them mm -hmm. and then they are about to kiss and 
and be very happy that they found their kid when Molly disappears again and she's on her way back to the borough. I mean, and that's where the show you've, ends. You've kind of seen this episode and this plot done a lot of times in a lot of different like shorts and kind of like it reminded me of Simpsons for some reason. Overall, I give the episode a six out of ten. Okay, I didn't rate the individual episodes. I went for the full series. The next episode's called The Real Rodents of Little Rodentia. I thought it had the funniest ending out of the bunch. It's a parody of The Real Housewives, but with shrews. Those are small moles. Um, the main mole is Fru-Fru. That's the bride-to-be. She has her whole entourage with her. They do that kind of documentary footing, uh, footage setting. Yeah, it's making and, fun of keeping up with the Kardashians. I agree with you. It had the funniest ending, but man, those voices were like overpowering. I there was, was, yeah, her entourage was made up of Brianka, Christine, Charisma, Mandy. Mandy was the best because Mandy was the criminal. She was the one who had the tag on her and she kept on trying to <laughs> chew it off. Um, and then uh, they had a second iPhone joke because so I was wondering if Apple had anything to do with the series makeup. I know that Disney and Apple are separate companies, but you got Siri and Deary in the first episode. And then now you have this. with You the know, it reminded me, remind me of iCarly whenever it was like they couldn't use Apple. So they used a peach instead. So it looked like they were actually using an Apple, though. I don't know. Anyways, the Shrew of Honor, that's the decision that has to be made. Fru-Fru, obviously the maid of honor. So Fru-Fru is in the midst of making that decision when her cousin True-True busts in at the annoyance of Fru-Fru. Do you know who True-True was voiced is, by? No, I don't. Who was it? Michelle Bateo, the narrator of The Circle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've we've heard her before. And she was controlling. She's starting to, like, want to structure the entire wedding, choose everything. And so Fru-Fru has enough. She ditches her cousin, and she goes out to try wedding dresses. And uh, that's when True-True shows up, and they get into sort of a fight. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where the blow-up happens. And it's like, I don't want you to be my maid of honor, and blah, 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 blah. That's also where we get to see the limited amount of the movie. We see the donut scene where she's almost crushed um, and uh, Judy saves her. And uh, then eventually everything gets resolved because, again, six minutes, Fru-Fru and True-True make up. And she Fru-Fru re realizes that True-True, that her name is like Trudy in real life, right? <laughs> like her, her Truly or something? I don't know. And so she realizes that she has her best interest at heart because she takes out the wedding dress that she had picked for her, which is her mom's wedding dress. Yep. And then we get the kicker at the very end where the night howlers, the flowers of the wedding, yeah. actually uh, invade the senses and make the shrews <laughs> into zombie vampire like attacker. And we, we get a cut before we yeah. see what actually happens at the wedding, which I thought was hilarious because the rest of the episode was eh. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, it, it's almost like Dora, where whenever you see an episode way later on, you're like, how was I able to Dora stand the, the voice? Of, yeah, Dora the Explorer. You're like, how was I able to, like, actually withstand this as a kid? Because the voices in me just got so grating that I literally couldn't have this episode at a passing grade. I had to give it a 5 out of 10. I mean, that might just be the style of the you're not a big Real Housewives fan. <laughs> Um, the next episode is called Duke the Musical, which was yes. the simplest episode because it literally relied on one song. I don't know if you can call something a musical if it only has one song <laughs> in it. That seems weird. That being said, this was my favorite episode by was far. Uh, not only, and I have just like kind of some fun facts about it. So the show was composed by Curtis Strong and Mike Giacchino. But this episode in particular was actually the song itself was made by Mike Giacchino's father, uh, Michael Giacchino, who has worked on a ton of things. I mean, like, he has worked on basically everything from, like, DC movies, like, he did the Batman. He, like, has composed a ton of scores. So that's probably the reason why I like the song so it's much. It's also why it reminded me so much of when Batman starts breaking into song and dance. No, and, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. But it, but the weird thing is it's kind of like Animaniacs, and the song is always yes. cracking jokes, and it's also like a Weird Al song. Right, yeah, <laughs> and, and it was also incredibly colorful. It's voiced by Alan Tudyk. 
Oh, that is something yeah. that I guess found so funny. And yeah, no, well, Alan one. Tudyk is also in the Harley Quinn show, right? Yes, that you're that yeah, we're gonna that's do next. the Joker. Cool. But you know, then like yeah, like the weasel on Wall Street, I thought was the funniest line out of the whole thing. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Even like the twist ending where it turns out that the weasel actually isn't a good guy. Well, let me just describe it real yeah, quick. Go so ahead. you got Duke Weasel, who was in the original movie. He's like a small town criminal slash big time loser because that was the big <laughs> message they're sending. It's this guy is a loser. Yeah, and uh, he has an identity crisis about it starts singing and in the midst of stealing from a old lady lamb yeah was it yeah. or goat and uh then he starts talking about how he could go on the legit and he could become a car salesman then go to law school he could become a surgeon a writer a guru an oil tycoon the weasel on wall street like you said mm-hmm. and it ends the song with him returning the wallet that he's stolen with the money in it but then right as he's about to give it back that's when a car comes a out of nowhere. Like. Well, it's yeah. basically it holds all the money for, for a bank. Yeah. Uh, it crashes into the goat, and the goat's fine, but the money that spills out in the back is just too enticing, too much of a trigger for Duke Weasel, and he's got to take it. So but he returns Duke Weasel, back to his... he does take a second to make sure that the goat is fine. And yeah. then he just I also up. thought like if they didn't return to the goat, it would be way more like Looney Tunes, where, <laughs> where you just were left with a question mark. Kind of like it would have been the second ending in a row where it's like things went really, really bad for some of the characters. Like I'm pretty sure all those rodents died, but we, but Disney was like, we can, we don't have to explain that. I, I gave it a nine out of ten. I really enjoyed this episode. It was my favorite one out of the it whole. It was bunch. simple and it was quick. And and I mean, if you don't like it, it's over really quickly. That's also mm-hmm. one of my pros for the show is if you don't like any of these individual ones, like one of the ones that's about to come up. Not the, not the next one, The Godfather of the Bride is actually my favorite episode. I think oh, it's really? the best episode, Mr. personally. You know, I yeah. only ever saw The Godfather. I know this one, I think, is making fun of the second one more, if um, I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mean, they're doing a backflash, uh, but sure. So you have Cousin Morty. He's drunk at Fru-Fru's wedding. I did like that they called back to Fru-Fru's wedding. And Grandpa Fru-Fru, who is obviously Marlon Brando shrew. Mr. Big. Yeah. <laughs> he's an imp- Mr. Big? Isn't That's that a Sex him. in the City reference? Okay, all right. Anyways, so he goes off into his tale about his childhood and how he first came to Zootopia and be the creation of Little Rodentia <laughs> um, and how it begins is it's 1920 and he doesn't even bother knowing what year it was and uh it was a treacherous journey and the treacherous journey was literally just floating on top of an <laughs> old tire but only for like again the smallest amount of distance yeah you literally saw the other side when they got to it yeah so he and his grandma start up a business they're making cannolis and they're also delivering them and he gets a bike because it's really hard to deliver in this type of town and he makes friends because he's giving away some cannolis and also with the profits giving the polar bears i guess the polar bears are always security yeah right yeah and so he's making friends but then these evil thugs show up these old gangster thugs and it's led by this rhino boss and uh <laughs> and it leads up to the rhino trying to take all the money from um grandpa fru-fru and mr big as you say and uh <laughs> And that's when, um, and that's where Grandpa Fufu really stands up for himself. And even though he's only like an inch tall, he's able to beat up that rhino, throw him into a giant building that makes ice cubes. That rhino gets iced, <laughs> and from then on out, it's a. Thing. That rhino was like almost about to die because like they were I shredding mean, the ice, and then you saw like one of the ice cubes they were going to use was the one with the rhino in it. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, yeah. Mean, yeah. But anyways, once he stood up for himself, the whole city is created. He's able to um, make it a profitable, nice place to live it didn't show very negative 
sides to him being a mafia boss or anything. Yeah, so know. we didn't really hear anything bad about uh, the grandpa. But in six minutes, that seemed like a lot of background it's to the, It's tied with the highest rated one um, on IMDb. Oh, and please I don't gave tell it, me the highest rated one is the So You Think You Can Brand. It's not. It's Good. Not. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because I do like kind of the black and white uh, filter or the black and gray filter that they use whenever, sure. like the film noir, that's what this one was really the supposed to be. almost. That they yes. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing to me, though, is that it comes before the stuff with the flowers. So we all know what's <laughs> about to happen. I wonder how, <laughs> like, what happens to Grandpa for, for then. I know that they wanted to make a sequel to Zootopia, uh, and, like, talks were about it after the film came out, and it was, like, a massive sleeper hit, but I don't know if anything has ever actually been greenlit for mm. it. So Well, this has. Um, yeah. All right, so then we have So You Think You Can Prance. This is the most childish episode. It's also the most cringy. Um, I disliked it personally because it feeds into the celeb-obsessed culture, and it yeah. just thrives in it. So Gazelle have... is a Shakira, by the way. She, oh, that's, who, oh, that's who actually voiced yeah. her? All right. Well, I had no problem with Gazelle as a person. I liked hearing Idris Elba as, a... as well. Like, he having him as the chief. I know he was the chief in the original. I really like, enjoyed mm. hearing him there. But it I reminded agree me you. a little of, like, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine chief. Yeah, where, yeah, the where per... he's very serious. But this is a parody of So You Think You Can Dance, obviously. The right. judges are Sir Whisker, Kitty Claus, DJ Stripes, and the super celebrity Gazelle, and policeman Benjamin Clawhauser is a huge fan of this show, huge fan of Gazelle. I feel he like wants to be a backup. Clawhauser must have been such a huge part of the first film. Like I think he has a huge fan base around him. That's why they gave him his own episode. He's just the receptionist, right? But he's very uh, flamboyant, I guess right. is the the word. And so he goes and he calls up for backup so he has a partner when he's trying I, I did out. find that funny and <laughs> i did like back. who he got as backup because that was funny he was chief bogo who's the most serious policeman that he could possibly show up shows up thinking that they're going to be undercover but then when he realizes that this is actually truly to try out to be a backup dancer he uh, apparently leaves but right before everything goes terribly for well actually no, no things go things terribly, go terribly for, for he, yeah he he fails everybody has about to button. press the no, x they have all pressed the x you but, know what this might have been making fun of and it just clicked with me right now so i think you've seen it there's like a brand's got talent where this guy went out there just decided to give it his all and he was like singing and, and everything like that and like every single one of the judges pressed the x button except for the last judge but I think. see they did press the x button. no no but the other judges presses pressed the x button for gazelle just like they did in this brand's got talent clip and then the only way because of how much the other judge liked him for the guy to be saved was by them pressing the golden button and that's what happens in this episode so here's my question to you is because there's so few people who would get that reference if they're under the age of 10 <laughs> but that's who this episode is for so i don't understand why it's yeah oh no no i agree it's it so... was very kid friendly i gave it i yeah it had it's tied with one i'm scores. glad it was a dream because in the end it was just like he didn't re he realized that he wasn't even actually competing for this it reminded me it was very reminiscent of the i am Groot episode even though that was one of my favorites the dancing one where it was just like they it felt like they wanted to just put a dancing like episode in there for no i thought reason. it was because of how popular sing was as a movie that they were just like well everybody's gonna love this one i gave it a five 
5 out of 10. I yeah. would probably give this probably a 5 out of 10 as well. Anyways, Dinner Rush is the last episode. You knew it was probably going to be one of the better ones because they were ending it with it. It's, it's about... the other one that's tied with the highest rated one on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, I can see why. Sam is this waitress and it's a busy restaurant. Uh, she has tickets for Gazelle, so they also have that connection to the fifth episode. And uh, the concert's going to start pretty soon. So she asks to get work off. Probably a little too late to be asking for work yeah. off, honestly. But um, <laughs> on the day, <laughs> yes, uh, a few minutes before it starts. Yeah, so Gerald is the cook, and he's like, I don't know if you can finish your section by then. But then she runs through everyone like flawlessly, doing her shift like really quickly, attending to everybody's needs, changing out waters, putting people in the right tables, and getting their orders there quick. All that stuff, but then guess what happens? You know what happens because you saw the episode. Mm -hmm. We have Flash from the original movie, who was a sloth, <laughs> and his girlfriend priscilla mm -hmm. and they both pop in there with that creepy voice that they use i, I like even in the film Flash's it was just so strange yeah because of like how slow it is <laughs> yeah and everything they do is slow and so obviously that brings things to a complete halt for uh, sam and she's unable to accomplish anything that she wants as far as getting out of there soon enough to make the concert and eventually she has to concede to well first she screws everything up because she's trying to speed through she's trying to get these sloths to order quickly and it causes uh, the champagne bottle to like burst open and like ruin everybody's mass time. havoc yeah. however because flash and priscilla have a little secret flash is going to propose and does that's when everybody forgets about all the problems that have just been caused by sam and they are look at the moment as a beautiful thing and they're like well this is amazing i love this mm -hmm. and flash and priscilla's priscilla i loved her line she says no way yeah, yeah no way <laughs> and that's just surprised and she agrees to marry him and everybody's happy and then they say we also have tickets but they say it very slowly to the gazelle concert and mm -hmm. then that's where you already knew where that was leading. yeah 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 it, it, to the end of the Zootopia film when it turns out that judy hobbs and nick wiley pull over the car and it was flashing there that's just giving context to this where the exact same thing happens but the reason well, the whole the joke being that like it's probably the funniest joke or most memorable joke from the movie is that the sloth was the one speeding mm -hmm. And now, it does take away from that a little bit to me. I like the idea that Flash was just a bad dude. <laughs> like, he just, he he plays it up that he's a sloth, but then he also, like, just speeds down the roadways. Like, that was funny to me. Now that I know there was an actual purpose behind it and that he's, like, a good guy, it takes away from the character a bit for being as hilarious, but it also gives it more heart. And I liked how you saw more of the film in that sense because it focuses on Sam's uh, perspective in the very last shot where she's like i'm just going to end up walking yeah i also expected the last episode to be between judy and also nick like i'm not even sure if they got too much in it like if they were called in to actually act in this yeah i actually footage. i'm just gonna get into that right now I, i'll say beforehand though priscilla was voiced by kristen stewart so one of the things i like most about the show is the fact that they got everyone to reprise their role one of the things i hated most about the show is they got everyone to reprise their role except for the main two you're telling me you couldn't get jason bateman or well, the jason uh, bateman's a busy to dude. come in for like He's one line Ozark. <laughs> and even even with that, none of the things that we saw of the characters were even animated that were new. Everything was from the Maybe film. they wanted to leave it open to a sequel so that they wouldn't have to then use the canon from the TV show in the sequel. They could simply use those characters, the minor characters. I was just, I was just like so confused. I was like, seriously. Also, they didn't extend the story. It's not like any of this took place after the movie. Yes, I know this was just supposed to focus on the like kind of middle ground characters, the secondary characters. But I was really, really annoyed by that 
that was my biggest con with the whole entire show. Is that you were expecting a show with Judy and uh, Nick. Or I just like something, a line, show like showing the characters again. Everything we got was from the film. Hmm. Was Weasel, was Duke the Weasel the one that Nick was running the scam with? Or was that a different person? Because I know it was someone who was really Oh, no, short. no, no. Yeah, no, no. They even showed that in the first episode. Yeah. It was like that small mouse person. Yeah, I was wondering if we were going to get an episode with that thing. Yeah, we never did. <laughs> no, obviously not. But I was like, we, they didn't even concentrate on the big minor characters. These were mostly the minor minor yeah. characters, maybe with the exception of Flash here. Um, I, as a whole, though, I like the series. I would give it a seven. Having independent shorts uh, based on famous source material, to me, has a couple advantages. One is that the, it has many attempts to impress us. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, if one's bad, we can just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> And it's over quickly. And then there's Easter eggs. You can just oh, throw yeah. in as many as you want. So many references. Yeah. And it just, the return to the world is going to present a certain amount of a nostalgia as well. So I could not see a version where this series could have really gone wrong. It doesn't waste your time because it's so short. And th- for that reason, definitely a seven. I'm going to push your seven out of 10. That's actually exactly what I gave it. And a lot of people that enjoyed the Zootopia movie also enjoyed this as well. And that's a mass majority because the Zootopia movie got like critical acclaim. Yeah. So if you were like five when the Zootopia movie came out now you're like 10 and you're supporting it online that's pretty cool (laughs) what what (laughs) I'm assuming the audience the majority of the audience for Zootopia is not our age it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes I don't see how that factors into it with critics critics are not five years old it's either it's either like small kids or it is uh, adults who are like taking those kids to the movie so they would be in their like mid-30s I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have anything else. but uh, Yeah. Okay. So they also got people like Trent Corey, who's worked on a ton of other children's films like Ralph Breaks the Internet, Big Hero 6, Frozen, just a ton of people who have yeah, they keep it in house at Disney. Area. Yeah. The trailer for the show only dropped like two days ago on November 8th. Like and I heard before. it was longer than the actual. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but really, it only dropped the trailer yeah. right beforehand. The day beforehand. Weird. Maybe because anybody who has Disney Plus already has Disney Plus and they weren't expecting this to pull in too I many think, new subscribers. I think that's it was, what it is. Yeah. And then Europe, apparently Zootopia goes by the name Zootropolis because apparently Zootopia was already a name of a zoo in Europe and they didn't want to cause too much confusion. Hmm. That's interesting. Do you think Madagascar and Zootopia will ever get like a merge? No, because oh. they because one's DreamWorks and one is like Disney. That's what I'm saying. If, they, if Disney ever absorbs DreamWorks... Could they like when when Disney absorbs DreamWorks? I think we're going to be seeing a lot more than just Madagascar and and uh, Zootopia. Like, would we get a Marvel universe of like a like a Shrek where Shrek and uh, and like just all the characters merge into one? Okay, all right, I'm overthinking it. Thanks for listening. Unless you have anything else you no, want to talk about, it. thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.